The following program has been pre-recorded. This week on Belonging, we talked to Joseph DePaolo, a former Forkus missionary. He gives us his testimony in his life, working with young adults and truly building an intimate and present connection. Father Javon is not interested in like exploring every single room in this like little house that I built up and instead kind of smashing it down and being like, hey, look, who are you? What is God calling you to be? You are loved first and foremost. You are not alone. Next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stasekel, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. To find the right young Catholic connection for you, call the Catholic Youth Office of the Diocese of Nashville, 615-645-9762. Welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio, the show for young adults. My name is Zach Jansen. We're joined each week as we are by Father Javon as well, the chaplain at University Catholic here in Nashville. Uh, but we're joined this week uh, by Mr. Joseph DePaolo, a young man here in Nashville, Tennessee, was very involved in focus. We've had a lot of focus missionaries on the show, but he's here to give his testimony to show his life as a young adult living out the faith. Uh, so Joseph, Thank you for being on the show today. No, thank you so much for having me, Zach. <laughs> it was uh, it was so cool um, to hear about you doing all this, especially because I remember you when you had transferred uh, to Belmont years ago. And you know, a- as people move on, people graduate, uh, you move further apart. But they say about the Catholic circle, for better or worse, that uh, everyone knows each other. You know, it's a pretty tight knit community. Be so. careful what you say. You may be hurting somebody's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yes, I'm finding that. That all the guests we have on here know each other in some way. Uh, but for those who don't know, could you give us a, a quick background of, of where you are and where you're from? Yeah. So uh, I was born and raised in Orlando, Florida. And like uh, any good Floridian, decided to go to University of Florida. So I got involved in the uh, Catholic Gators community there, decided to become a focused missionary when I was done. And so I came up here to Nashville two years. I was at Vanderbilt and Belmont because at that time there was only one team. And when I left, I was about ready to come back down to Florida. And I was about four or five days out. And one of my former students, Ben Claiborne and Matthew McDevitt, actually two of them, they, um, yeah, no, this is, this is a funny story. They, we, we went out to Baja Burrito and of they spent so long, they spent so long uh, speaking with me. We, we, you know, I was probably the one speaking so much that we had to go out to Walmart to get food for dinner. It was that long, and uh, it's, I'm gonna, it's a long story. I'm not going to get into it, but I lost What Are the Odds, and uh, it held me up at the Walmart long enough to run into Jimmy Mitchell. And Jimmy Mitchell's like, I never talked to him before in my life, and he says, hey, 
you're a Catholic missionary. I'll help you out. So he takes my resume, circles it around, gets to Robert Carroll, who I hadn't spoken to in like two years. We had a chance conversation at the Frasati House back in 2016. He sees my resume. He um, invites me for an interview. And here I am, Vanderbilt's Medical Center. So it was just absolutely incredible to think that I was so close to leaving and God called me back again and again and again. Was that true? <laughs> yeah. That was, in, that's like a movie. Wow. What a beautiful testimony of you have of your life. So what are you doing at Vanderbilt right now? Yeah. So um, back from the time I was in college, I had this itch to explore medicine. And it just so happened that my cousin was in residency at University of Florida and uh, lived right below me in my apartment. And he just would kept bringing it up. And something about it was interesting to me, but also very intimidating because, you know, Med school is just a really difficult thing to do. So uh, I go through two years as a missionary and I just kept feeling the ache. And uh, I knew at that point, I said, if I'm going to do this, you got to start sooner or later, right? And uh, I was a statistics major. I have no background in medicine whatsoever. So I said, if I'm going to do this, let's start it now. And uh, by the grace of God, I go from being a missionary at Vanderbilt and Belmont to getting this job at Vanderbilt's Medical Center and taking classes at Belmont. So I even got to keep the same parish, which is uh, how I know Father Javon so well. <laughs> yeah. What, what is your relationship like at the, at the cathedral? Just, is it just seeing each other every day? Just the, Not every day, maybe, but just on a weekly basis? Yeah. Joseph is really involved in the young adult ministry of the cathedral. You know, they have Bible studies on Monday nights and other things. So, and it, you know, everybody knows about Joseph, you know, as Joseph the missionary and everything. So, got introduced to Joseph on that and worked together with young adults and other stuff that we doing. So, so I enjoyed seeing on your, I love seeing all the, all the focus missionaries, all their pages on the website. But I saw they had a, a, a little video on you of kind of where you're at right now, especially you mentioned at Vanderbilt. But what do, what do you, how are you getting involved with the, with the young adult community? I know he mentioned Bible studies, but what, what essentially are you doing with, with the community there as far as drawing young adults together? Okay. So father, this is going to be my excuse to uh, talk about focus connect. I knew it was going to come up at some point. I knew that. So, um, I ended up getting back uh, in Nashville, right? I had to go home for two months while I was waiting for the Vandy job. But I come back and I don't really know what to do because Focus is great at teaching you how to serve your apostolate, which is college students. But when it comes to plugging into the parish, I mean, that's not really the emphasis. So it became really difficult for me going to mass and I knew a couple people here or there, but there wasn't really much of, of, of anything going on even at cathedral. And so believe it or not, what, what started changing for me is uh, I had reached out to the first missionary who was ever at Vanderbilt, like almost 15 years ago. His name's Steve Horvath. He's still in town, very active with Catholic business league and such. And I said, Hey, I remember you guys saying about four or five years ago that you were trying to get all the focus missionaries in town together. And I was looking for community. I said, you know, what, where can I sign up? And he says, well, we don't do this anymore. Um, <laughs> we tried, but just nobody had time. And I was like, well, I got time, so let's, let, let's do it. And so we just thought it was going to be a Bible study. And so we did this in uh, July of 2019. And I said, hey, I don't care who shows up, but if you want to read the Bible from 6.30 to 8 p.m. on Monday nights, I'm going to be there. Right. I don't care if nobody else shows up. I'm going to be there and I would love and I would love for you to join me. And I had no idea who's going to show up. I just blasted out an email. And sure enough, we get seven people the very first week. That's pretty good for a Bible study. Right. 
but who's going to come back? Well, next week we had 13 people. And within a month, we literally had to split it, men's, women, and co-ed, because we had so many people. And about a year after, I ended up uh, splitting, or I ended up stop counting, because we had over 130 different people. 130 different people come to this one Monday night Bible study. And I mean, even now, last week, we had uh, the largest Bible study we ever had. The, the co-ed group meets online, but the just men's and women's at Cathedral had 29 people just between the two of them. And um, and then we went out to Jasper's across the street after because Father Gilstrap's uh, brother helps manage the place. So good shout out to them. They, they've done a great job. And we had uh, like 30-something people there. I mean, it, it's, it's absolutely incredible and, and moving to see all the kind of people that you run into. So like Eric Rissalvalto, for example, right? Training for the Olympics. Awesome, awesome person. I mean, you find musicians and the like you, we, we even have, I don't know if you realize, but there's like three different people at least on Nashville SC that are Catholic that come to cathedral. We, we, we're, we're really, really blessed to be at the center of everything. And so this whole Focus Connect ministry that started with Bible study, it expanded out to mission trips, uh, once a month upper room meetings where we would get a speaker in town who would come and host at somebody's house. We even had all these socials like the St. Luke's party in 2019 where we got all the different young adult ministries together for the first time. And we had over 140 people at that and everything was potlucked. We had food potlucked. We had alcohol potlucked. We had local musicians in town come and perform. Uh, we had swing and salsa dancing. We had a bilingual rosary. We had, uh, I gave a talk at Sagrado Corazon. So we had a traditional Mexican group that came and performed a dance offered up to St. Luke for us. We finished with night prayer. It was awesome, right? It was so, so cool. Um, the focus uh, looked at what we were doing and they said, this is wonderful, but we don't want you promoting another brand and great, you know, integrate yourself into the community you're doing. So I said, okay. So we mixed, you know, we, we merged ourselves with the cathedral young adults that was existing. And Joseph Coombe, uh, who, who runs that is a good friend of mine. And he was one of my students when I was a missionary. And now here we're going, it's, you know, we're just kicking, especially post COVID. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been really difficult to try to get, you know, um, your feet underneath you. I know for a lot of parish stuff. So we're really blessed to be in this situation to, to be serving so many young adults in the, uh, you know, Nashville area. So a big part of it, as you mentioned, is building the relationships with which each individual. And you kind of mentioned briefly, like the the college students coming in, the athletes coming in. How how important is it to just know, you know, how they're doing? You know, what what are their hopes and dreams, and knowing knowing what's on their heart, just forming the relationships with, with the people that are coming. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I, I mentioned the numbers there to you know, as a sign of fruit, but I think we all realize that that numbers cannot be the end goal there. And people realize, you know, they'll, 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 they can tell right away if uh, you're just looking to recruit them for something. And, and that's actually, I guess, tying into my story, why I think the personal relationship matters so much, because I came from a background in politics, right? And the most jarring thing for me when I was a student at University of Florida and I got involved was realizing that when people ask how they were do how I was doing, that they meant it. Like people would see me around campus. They would ask how I'm doing. They would invite me to things. They didn't want anything in return. They just thought it would be nice if I was there and they wanted to see me involved in their community. And that was very moving. Like, so even before I could see Christ in the Eucharist, I could see Christ in other people. So I tried to carry that with me um, because I was somebody who was always very introverted when I was younger. And I understand what that's like to kind of be sitting there, you know, in the fringe and not knowing anybody. Like I get that feeling when you can walk into a cafeteria and there can be a hundred empty seats and you still don't feel like you fit, right? We've all been there. And so targeting those Mona Lisas, 
you know, but Mona Lisa's, I mean, the people that look like they're smiling until you get up close and you realize they're not. That was the most important thing. So particularly with the men, it's actually very easy because what you do is you just simply spend time with them, right? And when you're asked how you're doing, you mean it. And the most mind-blowing thing when I was a missionary, and I did it more with Vanderbilt than I was able to do uh, with Belmont, unfortunately, because I just, I really loved Belmont. But you would just like take a football and you just throw it up and down the alley, right? Right behind the cathedral. And it, it, you know, or you ask people out to lunch, you ask a few guiding questions and before you know it, three, four hour long conversation. And I'm not even talking the majority of the time. People that say, hey, well, I have school work. I've got other things to do. So I, we, we got to keep this tight. And I'm like, hey, didn't you say you have practice later on? Ah, no, 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 we're fine. And, and you realize just how many people are not seen. They wish they were seen and, and, and they're not. And how many times they, they, you know, they've got stuff that's going on and, uh, and they would love to share and they can't. So, um, for example, like one of the questions that I love leading with, and you guys are welcome to use this. What's the thing that's been most on your mind that people aren't asking you about? Boom. That's an invitation to go deep, like right there. It's, it's, it's incredible. And so I'm, um, in fact, even last night, um, Joseph Coombe was making fun of me, um, for just being in the parking lot all the time. Right. And father Javon, I'm sure would even see me late <laughs> night on Mondays. Like, um, like, like we're going to see tonight. Just go sit- home, Joseph. <laughs> but hey, you're talking with people, people that you're, you're not going to see any other time of the week. And especially in a, in a, in a COVID world that we live in right now, that may be the only interaction they have all week. And, and that's, that's a difficult thing. I understand that that's not not for everybody, especially people who are, you know, very introverted. But I mean, just simply just being present for a few people and like really meaning it, it it makes all the difference in the world. Every single person in my men's Bible study, I mean, I've got a personal friendship with. I don't blast it out to the entire world because I don't need the entire world to know about it. God's entrusted me with these souls in front of me right now. and, and, And they're going to be they're going to be my priority. It sounds like those three or four hour conversations are really what just make us human. And that was a beautiful way to put it. I, I, I don't know why I haven't heard that analogy. The Mona Lisa's the ones that look like they're smiling from far away, but inside are, are hurting a little bit. What are your thoughts on that? Father Javon, the ones that are kind of not so putting on a face in a way, but just that are really hurting when you get to know them. Yeah. I think the the biggest thing is like people in a place like Vanderbilt or any other campus, it's like too many people, you know, and everybody's busy and everybody's their cell phone and everybody's, now it's even worse. I was talking to some missionaries and they say, it's really worse because right now the people are not only on their phones, they're on their earbuds. So, you know, it's like, those people are like, don't talk to me, you know, I'm busy. But they don't know what they don't know until they know. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know what they're missing. They don't know. Especially schools like Vanderbilt, like I have to be the best. I have to study this much, you know, like, only the ones that are really hardworking and really smart are gonna make through this and it's like so we forget sometimes how to live and, and, and you know like yeah those things are important the studies are important but it's like how's your faith you know I other day I heard something to say how it's not how you carry your faith through college but let your let your faith carry you through college Wow. You know, it's not lonely, like, okay, how are you going to, well, and then otherwise it's just going to be, you know, other thing that you have on your to-do list. Yeah, I have to go to mass and I have to do laundry on Sunday. Well, I have no other, you know, underwear, so I have to do laundry <laughs> instead of going to mass. And it's just like, you lost the whole point of the whole thing because, and they, they don't see, you know, they don't see you. And then now mom and dad is not forcing you anymore. And that, you know, what are you going to do? 
So that's when you have that you have that person who experience an encounter with Jesus Christ, and then it's like it's not because mom and dad went, but it's because I need this. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful, Joseph, too, how you put it in a way how, how you can connect with these people uh, in a way to really know what's on their hearts, and that you don't need to show it to the world or anything like that. Or, but it's that you're 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 there, you're present with them. So I'm curious to you, just briefly, what are your what are your thoughts on social media and how it affects us as humans? That's really funny that you said that. So um, in 2012, I was working on a for Romney's presidential uh, campaign, right, in Boston, and they did not want me using social media, which for me was very difficult, but you can understand why. It's just a liability to have an employee on there. So when I got off social media, I realized I didn't need it for like the six months I was there. And on a whim, you know, maybe if anything, just to see what would happen, I deleted it and friends were like, oh, you know, you can't stay off social media. I was like, watch me. And it was probably one of the most difficult first couple months of my life. I can't advocate, I can't advocate it for everybody because, you know, I, I can see people like Father Javon or, I mean, nationally, your Bishop Barons and, and your Father Mikes who are doing incredible things on social media. But I can say for me personally, looking, I was so overstimulated by social media that I could not appreciate people. And one of the most jarring things that I realized within the first few months of getting rid of social media was that I didn't know people's birthdays. I didn't remember everybody's last names even, right? And so remember I said the whole thing before about um, when you ask people how you're doing and you mean it, it's very difficult to try to be present with someone when you know that I can always reference their Facebook profile after. But in this case, the only thing that I know about Jack, Zach Jansen right now is what you're telling me, mm. you know? And so it means that I have to be extre- like an extremely good listener. And uh, I, I mean, I had a friend of mine um, with the Dominicans who came over for dinner a few days ago, and he was just shocked that I remembered where he went to college and what he went to school for. And he's like, we had that conversation in the midst of a Bible study two years ago. How on earth did you remember that? Well, I don't have superhuman memory. It's just, I have no choice but to be present. So it's like sink or swim, buddy, you know? And when it comes to events, it's the same thing. I have no other means of knowing what's going on. So it forces me outside of myself. So I have to make myself present. I have to ask people. But also the beautiful thing too, is when I'm inviting people to stuff, you know that I mean it because I'm not just blasting you some general invite that's going to everybody in the world. I'm not sending you something over email. I'm reaching out and texting you personally and saying, hey, Zach, I want you to come. I want you to be there. You know? Wow. That was a beautiful response. And I think you, you hit both sides of it very well, that it is a good, it can be a good thing. As you mentioned with even nationally or what, what people see in the, a lot of the Catholic social media, but that you, you really, you, you're being present is the bottom line there. You, you know who they are and what, what are your thoughts Father Giovanna, just on get, getting to know the person personally. I was surprised you remember I was a landscaper. I mean, what the, how do you, I don't even know I'm a landscaper half the time. Um, <laughs> but just on, on being real, knowing them for who they are uh, outside of the digital world. Yeah, because I think, you know, sometimes the digital world can be, it can be a lie. You know, you, I, my sister, you know, before we can post any pictures, she have to check. You know, it's like, I don't care. I mean, like, I don't care what kind of, you know, but it's like, no, no, let me see if it looks good. And I was like, it looks like what you, when I'm seeing you, right? No, 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 no. It has to be good to go there. So it, it kind of living, like, I'm like a 
pseudo life that is not really your life, you know. You just post the fancy places that you go. You just, you know, post whatever beautiful pictures, whatever. So it's like, is that you? Or is that who you want people to think that you are? Well, and I love the fact that you you, you said that because um, an interesting thing, and I'll never forget this, there was somebody who worked for Microsoft Research, and they were doing a study, and uh, they were realizing that social media was affecting uh, people's college experiences now, which is not something you would think of right off the bat, but you have to remember, for our parents' generation, they love Facebook because it's a way for them to reconnect with old friendships. But for us, it's redefining the way these friendships start from their very inception. And so what would happen is that people would come into college and once upon a time, it was once again, it was sink or swim. You had no other choice but to just assimilate and everybody was also in the same situation you were in. So it forced you to step out of yourself, to take risks, to try things that you normally wouldn't do before. And it was a very fulfilling, enriching experience. I think that's why people can always look back so fondly on their college experience. But if you're too um, linked and chained to social media, what happens is you enter in your first few days of college. Oh, it's awkward. But you know what? I can cling to my college or my high school friends. I can cling to what I know to be true. And then via, you know, different Facebook groups and, and like events and referrals and such. Hey, I know here are the high school groups I was involved in and here's how they translate to the college groups. And I'll just go to those places and that'll be fine. And so instead of having campuses of tens of thousands of students coexisting together, you almost have like tens of thousands individual campuses of people just kind of running and doing their own thing. And I worry that now that it seems like online education will be more of the future, that that's only going to exacerbate that situation where it's going to be just like a bunch of people in their individual classrooms living their own individual life without any real communal sense of And not only that, I think with the online life is like, I see sometimes comments people post on my Facebook. You wouldn't say this to my face. (laughs) (laughs) But then because it was through social media, she felt that was okay to say some stuff. So, Joseph, as you're moving forward here, and you kind of mentioned where, where you think you might be headed in, in the future, does the idea of moving on to med school seem exciting or overwhelming? And what do your friends and family think? I'm curious. That That's a great question, and, and thank you for asking it. I I mean, there, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Father Gervon will know because I just had spiritual direction with him with a few days ago. Um, I will say something that is also part of this process of, of discerning medicine is also discerning priesthood. And that seems kind of awkward of a, of a thing for some people, but to me it makes complete sense because the things that I love about uh, medical or about being a doctor are the same things I love about being a priest. So if I became a doctor, for example, I'd want to do family medicine. And between family medicine and being a diocesan priest, you see uh, two different uh, callings, right, which uh, are focused on healing. You see two different callings that make you a pillar in your community uh, where you can grow old with people and be part of their lives in the most vulnerable times in their life. Um, You you see something where, um, once again, you can bring Christ ministry very present, something that um, unlike other jobs like engineering where you're creating in, in both priesthood and medicine, you're borrowing from what we know to be true and you're simply using that, um, not on your authority, but you know, just on God's authority. So, and then also both of them will take seven years and it's very difficult to get through it in a lot of reading. So, but the priesthood, the benefits are out of this world, they are out of this world. So, you absolutely you've been, you've, are out of this the, world. The spiritual direction is helpful, just have to be guided through it and seek wisdom through the decisions. 
Oh, absolutely. What is the spirit director, Joseph? Uh, it's it's uh, this guy I know at Cathedral, <laughs> Father Javon, and um, and 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 I've been very very grateful to Father Javon because as you can probably tell, I can get very, I can talk a lot, and I can get very very into my head, and Father Javon um, is not interested and like exploring every single room in this like little house that I built up and instead kind of smashing it down and being like, Hey, look, look up, see the sun that see the light that comes from the sun. Like, who are you? Who are you? What is, what is God calling you to be? You are loved first and foremost. You are not alone. Right. All of those things. And it's, it is beautifully refreshing. It's beautifully refreshing. I think sometimes even in therapy, for example, right. Um, there can be such an emphasis now of holding up a mirror to people, um, that you're just kind of left on your own to decide what do you want to do in your life? Um, and to be reminded over and over again that the gospel isn't really that complicated. It's profound, but it's, but it's profoundly simple and, 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 and very beautiful. So, I mean, I, I can't speak highly enough about father G and everything he's done for me. And then of course for inviting me on and you too, Zach, I, I got to say for, for those of you who are listening to this, you may not realize, but, uh, from the moment that I got here today to now, Zach has done such a great job of making me feel like the most interesting person in the room. <laughs> So it's and that's a real the, gift. I'm the, the, the next, the, I'm the other person. So yes, you are the most interesting one. That is true. No, right, right perceptions. <laughs> no, we thank you for being on the show today, for giving your testimony too, and just relating to the lives of so many young adults, um, for learning the idea of just being present and just having that hope and faith uh, in the future. So Joseph, thank you for being a guest on the show today. No, thank you so much for having me. I'll uh, make sure to keep you guys in my prayers. Please do. Good luck with this ministry. And uh, to you as well. Um, thank you to Father Javon for all he does with, with University Catholic, with spiritual direction and, and on our show. Especially thank you to, to Jim Chandler as well. Does a lot with, with taping as well. I mean, thank you to everyone in our listening audience. We just hope you felt connected to what you heard today. That there are true relationships out there. As Joseph, could you remind us one more time that that profound question that you can get three or four hours out of is what's the thing that has been most on your mind that people aren't asking you about let that be a reminder for us to kind of remember and just to to meditate on and truly form those friendships with people we care about so we're always thinking of you uh, out there everyone listening Uh, remember we're always recorded in the osco romero studio here at the catholic pastoral center uh, here to do this ministry for young adults us closer together. You can find all of our our podcasts wherever you get your shows by searching Belonging for Young Catholic Adults. My name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging on WBOU Nashville Catholic Radio.